We're joined by Scott Reed, CTV political analyst, former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin. It's the morning brief where we bring in one of our pundits to offer all kinds of analysis to uh, add to whatever Nick and Joe and I have already brought to the table. Good morning, Scott Reed. Good morning, John Moore. All right. So uh, we'll get to the coronation in a moment, but I think more present of mind or top of mind for an awful lot of people listening right now is the Leafs lost game three last night. And I know you don't root for the Leafs, so I guess, you know, you're not rooting against them necessarily, but this is sort of an inevitability. Yeah, listen, I, I've had to defend this position to many of my uh, Habs brethren, okay? So I am cheering for the Leafs. I want the Leafs to get this monkey off their back. I want to see them go deep and compete for the Stanley Cup, if not win it. Um, but, you know, this this Florida team, you know, not to be dismissed. And I think a lot of people thought we could look past them. I think a lot of people thought they were unspectacular. And I didn't think many people thought they were going to get out of the first round. So we're running into a team that plays good team hockey. And I think right now our defense looks so weak and you know, that stretch pass. I know this isn't, I know this isn't sports radio, so I'm sorry to go deep, but that stretch pass last night to me was a metaphor for how this team just isn't up to the challenge of going deep in the playoffs. Like that you could go, you know, take a cigarette break in the middle of the game like that to me is just mind blowing. So um, I hope they can reverse it. History would suggest that that is unlikely. Their play so far would suggest that's unlikely, but golly, man, uh, the city deserves a break when it comes to hockey. Well, that's what I was thinking that, you know, it's kind of crushing to think of the inevitable disappointment that Toronto Maple Leafs fans suffer year after year after year. And I guess we thought we could break the spell this time. Well, people, you know, so first of all, it's all on a bell curve, right? So like, well, at least they got out of the first round. I mean, we got, 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 you know, you broke that particular witch's spell, but, um, but this team is really good. And this team has been putting, been put together to be a really good team for years now. And, you know, obviously it was going to get blown up. They didn't get out of the first round. I still think it needs some blowing. I still think it needs a little TNT underneath its uh, left or right side. So we'll see what happens after. Okay, so uh, long live the king, I guess. I got up early. Well, I wake up early anyway. So snap on the TV, watch the coronation. Enjoyed it, but I couldn't get over, Scott Reed, the, the impression that as, as justified and ancient as these customs are, there's something silly about the whole thing. Yeah, I had the exact same reaction. And I've traveled a major distance of my own mind. I mean, remember, I was brought up in eastern Ontario, Prince Edward Hastings. My aunt and uncle, uh, probably the closest people in the world to me other than my own mother, I, you know, in their home, there hung a portrait of the queen. So, you know, like this, I, I come from United Empire Loyalist uh, country. My old man was a, 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 a you know, a, a Mason. So, I mean, like, I, that's where I start out in life. Um, then you had the politics and there's all talk of, well, you know, get rid of the monarchy and all that stuff. And I know the constitutional barriers to achieving that. And I know the constitutional risk to trying because then as soon as you say, well, let's crack over the constitution to change something like our relationship with the monarchy, People go, well, let's talk about changing our relationship with indigenous peoples and codifying that. Let's do the same with respect to Quebec. On and on and on and it goes, and it turns into a quagmire. But I got to tell you, um, absent the gray mare that was the Queen of England, but we accepted these 
traditions and these symbols and these um, clearly anachronistic uh, of another era pageantry. Um, I thought, it, I look at it and I'm like, this looks ridiculous. The picture of Charles and Camilla on the balcony with their purple crowns. And I thought, this looks absurd. This looks disconnected and anachronistic. So, you know, I, I think I would be tempted if I was a leading politician to say, you know what, enough. Like, I think, like, we're just going to propose in the next general election, we're going to add a referendum question, which is, you know, should we... Should we as a country sever our ties with the monarchy, keep the same parliamentary system, but instead of a governor general, we just have a president, um, you know, or a first Canadian or whatever you want to call it. But um, let's let's technically constitutionally sever our relationship with the monarchy, because it really does feel to me, with respect, like an institution from another era, you know, like it just looked weird, didn't it? Oh, I know. I, and they would hand him the scepters and I'd think, oh, my magic stick. Oh, another magic stick. This is fantastic. I just, yeah, the whole thing just seemed, I mean, watching it in black and white when the queen was being crowned, it felt like history. Watching it on Saturday, it felt like the Pirates of Penzance. I think you've got something there. Worldwide media should have come together. They should have conspired and agreed that it should have been done as a newsreel. It should have been a little bit sped up, you know, and it should have had, like, you know, that old-timey type voice going, well, we're back at the Windsor Castle and Westminster <laughs> Abbey, and uh, Charles is looking like he's ready for his responsibilities. But, you know, maybe that would have made it seem, you know, normal. But as you say, like, when they're handing him the scepters and the hat's sort of slipping or the crown and you're going to look it over and Camilla's sitting there, you, you go like, man, this looks like an outtake from an Amazon series or something. <laughs> okay. Let's turn to more real day-to-day -day politics. A uh, new poll is out today suggesting Olivia Chow is very much the front runner. Are you surprised? Uh, I'm not surprised. In fact, I think I've said here, I remember when she entered the race, I said she would become the, you know, the, the, um, the heavenly body around all which all else would orbit in this uh, election campaign. She's got the highest name recognition. She somewhat solidifies that part of the political spectrum and the left. And, uh, and she has an organization. I'm not sure, by the way, I, I, I put a little asterisk on this poll, you know, these, these sort of, you know, quickie IVR polls. Um, she's gone up, whatever said nine or 11% in one week. I don't believe that that's not how politics works. There hasn't been a great intervening, uh, uh, event, but I do think she's uh, in the lead, um, and I don't think anything has happened in this race that contests that lead. I don't think any of the other candidates have been successful. So what I think is going to happen is you're going to see calls for more debates, calls for more public forums, and you're going to see people raising money so that they can go negative in terms of advertising, because I think the other candidates are quick, quickly going to realize um, that unless they give people reasons to not vote for Olivia Chow, she could just cruise into the winner's uh, circle on this thing. Uh, Justin Trudeau wasn't even present for most of the Liberal convention, but Susan Delacourt writes a column today where she says he still has a very firm grip on that party. I wonder if your sources are telling you the same thing. If people who are surprised to hear that are disconnected from current political realities. you got to remember, in 2011, the Liberal Party died. The Liberal Party literally, Michael Ignatieff took the Liberal Party out behind the garden shed and put it down. He was that bad. And 
Trudeau, with his name recognition and his youth and his celebrity and all of that, and you, you can hate him if you like, but he personally brought that party back, gave it an opportunity to reconnect with Canadians, and then goes on and wins the election and stays, you know, as prime minister ever since. Now, he's running, you know, he's got lots of dents and bruises and he's running behind in the polls and all that sort of stuff. He's been in office for a long time. That's what happens. But anybody that thinks that, you know, this party that he almost single-handedly created, that is known really, the people around in the Liberal Party who are active right now, both in caucus and in terms of the ranks, they've really almost never known anything but him after 10 years. So he he's 100% going to run again. He's 100% in control of the party. It doesn't mean that he's going to win the next election. What he's trying is almost unprecedented to win four consecutive elections. Um, but if there's going to be if there's going to be a push on Justin Trudeau's back, it won't come from within the party who were saying, hey, maybe it's time to move on. And by the way, there's nobody better than him within the party. There's nobody that makes as I'll give this one very specific data point. Liberal Party can't win the next election without Quebec seats. And there's nobody that gives them a, a competitive opportunity in Quebec, including Quebec ministers, in the same way that Justin Trudeau does. There, he gives them a real shot at 35 seats every day that he gets up and they can't afford to not have that guy on the ballot for the next election. Thank you, sir. Good to have you this morning. Thank you. Cheers. Scott Reed, CTV political analyst, former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin. Coming up in the next half hour, right after headlines and traffic, we're going to hook up with our royal correspondent, Corin Hall. She probably thinks we have been horribly disrespectful this morning. Um, but hey, that's the difference. I still have uh, a bit of a hard time reconciling the idea of a king of Canada.